iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. All right, everybody, thank you for waiting. So I'm about to introduce the moderator for the event, so please give a warm round of applause to Scott Bowles from USA Today. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this special presentation of Web Therapy and the Q&A that follows it. Uh, I'm Scott Bowles with USA Today, and we could not be more pleased to have the stars and creators uh, of our show. So without further ado, let's introduce Lisa Kudrow, Dan Bukatinsky, and Don Ruse. We're going to start with a few questions up here, but then we're going to open it up. So if you have any questions, just uh, raise your hand and be heard. Uh, my first question is going to be just an open one for now, uh, and that is the birth of the web series. Can you tell us who came up with it and, uh, and how it got off the ground? Okay, well, I guess the, the truth is, is um, I kind of came up with it originally, but not in the form it's in right now. But I just, you know, people had talked to us about, you know, you need to do a web series. And really, we thought, N no, we, we don't. But because um, at the time, they were mostly just sitcoms sort of split up into like, you know, five minutes and shown that way. And honestly, I just thought, you know, that's not, you know, we don't, we're not really interested in doing a sitcom for the web. And if it's on the web, it should really just be for the web, something about the web. And then next thing I know, I had an idea. Like, it would be really stupid if a, if a therapist, you know, offered sessions on the web for only three minutes at a time. That that was just the worst idea in the world. And I thought it was funny. And then, you know, Dan thought it was great. And then Don thought it was funny. And then, you know, it got fleshed out into something much better, you know, <laughs> with them. We'll talk about both of your roles in the show. Oh, I, um, I directed um, the season one, and then I directed um, most of season two. Danny directed two of the webisodes. And then we all just kind of sat around and kind of wrote the outlines, the, the plot, the beats of the story. It's, it's improvised, but, but we have a guide for the actors when they come in, so they know what where we're heading, and I did that with, uh, with uh, Lisa and Dan. We did a lot of um, imp uh, spitballing about what would be a funny character for Fiona to sort of encounter um, on the internet. Those people who would find her and sort of out of the blue and need help, and also people who, from her life, might help us tell a story, which is what happens in season two. You start to get a little sense about what's happening in her personal life how her, what's happening in her marriage and all that. But I, um, Lisa and I have been partners for about five years and we developed television shows and film. And this was one project that really felt like we could take control and own creatively and, and really do everything. And we sort of acted like a little mini studio when we made the show. Well, I was gonna say, you must have to recalibrate everything that you do, that the timing of things must be completely different. Can you talk a little bit about the differences in making a web show versus a standard TV show? Well, this show is different because um, th there's two actors. We shot it all in our offices, so, um, and there's a teleprompter, so if Danny's playing a character, he's talking into the camera, but he doesn't see the camera, he sees Lisa's face, which is being piped in from her camera, and on her camera, she sees Dan's face, and they have little microphones in their ears, so they hear each other, 
so it's a very, I guess it must be a very weird experience for the actors. It is, especially when the ear thing keeps falling out of your ear. So you may find in a couple of, uh, certainly my webisodes, I'm oftentimes trying to find really creative ways to pop it back into my ear without it looking like I'm cleaning my ears. Um, it, is, it is weird. You don't really expect to, uh, I don't know, I, I found it you, kind of... You, as you were saying it's weird, I was going, no, it's not weird at all. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that you get to see the other person and hear them and it's all in real time and it feels like it's better than iChat. There's no freezing or jerking or anything like that. And I think it's fantastic. It's great. It's a bit of a cheat, though, because if you know in iChat, you know, you're always looking at the screen, the other person's face, so that their, their eyes are looking down. We, we decided that we would cheat that and have people actually look right in to the camera. You know how it is when you're iChatting? We cheated that because you're it's not that fun. You're looking at the other person, right. Well, you're also mostly fun. looking at yourself and going while you're like iChatting. And so. going like that. And we thought that would be better to spare you from having to watch that. For those of you who don't know, web therapy is not really scripted. This is all improvised. Can you talk a little bit about the decision uh, to do that? Yeah, I think on some level, <laughs> when we were starting, I suggested we improvise it and that it would be so much easier and faster and how fun it would be. And so, you know, we just came up with sort of these loose storylines and, and it would be so much fun. And once we got in there to shoot them, we saw that we need to... Uh, maybe be a little more strict about what the story is because you improvise, you could just go way off. So Yeah, that was a big change for us. The first season we shot, we had never done it before, and that first day was terrible because the stories just kind of meandered around and we realized we had, we had written down what we thought was a great outline for maybe episode two and they were finished with that material in 10 seconds and yeah. we had no idea. But ending. I think one of the storylines also was, he's Mormon. <laughs> Not a story, it's just... Okay, we've got to rethink this. We would do a take and go running into a room together as a team and be like, okay, pens are out, paper, we're trying to like, literally like going into battle and trying to pick, uh, find a different route to get to the funny. But um, the, improvising is also great because you, you really can just go off on tangents and be real, at least as an amazing improviser and we've, we were able to cast a lot of actors who have done a lot of improvised films and television shows and Jane yeah. Lynch and Jane Lynch, Tim Bagley. I mean, you Bob know, that's Alban. and Tim Bagley especially, I have to say, that's dialogue that, you know, you don't just you don't write. You don't just write that kind of dialogue, the way he says things and his pauses and things like that. So I think that's where it is great if you have you know, a real strong outline for the actors to follow and they're just making up the dialogue you know, to move the story along, it's great. Now, Lisa, had you gotten your fill of Dr. Phil and Oprah, why did you decide that therapy would be the best uh, occupation to lampoon? Oh, well, I don't, I have to be honest, I don't feel like we're lampooning therapy. And if anything, I think this is an endorsement for actual real <laughs> therapy. This is, if, if anything, I think what we're, <laughs> what we're bashing a little bit is the fact that anyone can go on the internet and say, I'm an expert in this, pay me. Because you're definitely not what? an expert. She's definitely not an expert. And it's a worldwide web, so you only need a teeny tiny portion of the, uh, you know, of the population to buy into it and you're doing fine. So I think that's more along the lines of what we're saying, because she's not credentialed. She's not. And the other thing is, as horrible as she is, it does work just as anything would for 
even a sm certain amount of people within that small population. So My character, the only person who absolutely is a devotee of my therapist and thinks everything she says is makes a lot of sense. Um, actually, I think a lot of it has to do with a person who really just wants to hear someone tell them what is wrong with them, whether they're right or wrong. They just like hearing it coming from someone else's mouth. And, and I think on some level, we're also lampooning the people who, you know, look for that kind of quick fix. A number of stars have already appeared in web therapy and more are coming for season two, including Courtney Cox. Lisa, do you do most of the recruiting for the show? How do you get your guest stars? Well, I don't, I'm, for the second season, um, Steven Weber emailed and said, your web series is hilarious. And I just went, oh, great, be in it. And, uh, and then Alan Cumming sent me an email saying, that web series is hilarious. And I said, great, be in it. And they did. And Alan came from, like, we figured out his schedule. He said, great, I'll come from Australia, because that's about the closest I'll be to L.A. at that point. And, he, and so we worked around his schedule, honestly, yeah. Talk a little bit about shooting it. Um, is this something that takes a day, two days, when you're shooting three-minute therapy sessions? How long does it take you to create a season? It takes one day to shoot two clients. So that's, uh, you know, in the morning we do episodes one, two, and three, and then in the afternoon we have someone else come in and they do their whole story. So it, it, it takes place really quickly, I think. It's nerve-wracking, though, because you, well, you don't really, you don't really have a script to, to rely on. So you don't really know what's gonna work. Every actor has a different style. You don't, you know, it's a, it's a bit, of, it's very exciting. The, the thing that we, the advantage is that we don't have any creative interference from anybody. I think Lexus, all we had to really be careful about in the first season was, you know, inappropriate sexual language or, you know, we, you didn't want to get uh, too graphic about anything. But we were able to do a story about incest. It's not really incest, but we were able to do whatever we wanted and nobody complained. And that was really exciting, not just for all of us creating it, but for the actors coming in too. They could feel very, very free. So, so that's how. When you improvise, uh, do you have to pull back some actors? Are there some stars who don't realize it's a family show? Well, we don't pull back anybody because we can always cut them. Yeah. Cut whatever doesn't work. I mean, it's not the kind of, you don't really want to tell people to pull it back. You just kind of want them to, you know, brainstorm and have fun. And, and they're going to rely on, on me and my editor to, and, our, and the producers to kind of make sure it all makes sense. So you kind of just yeah, want to. They're also good character actors. So none of the characters are supposed to be vulgar anyway, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we, we, um, uh, we did do one, uh, I guess the most sort of graphic we got was with Julie Claire. Is Julie here? Julie? She played Robin Griner in, in the episode I think you saw tonight. But she, she's talking about going on a, on a big, you know, trip with her husband. And right. she's like, we're going to Atlanta. You mean Atlanta. And I remember we, we, are, we were wondering whether we'd get away with that. <laughs> we're pointing downwards. That's about as raunchy as we get. Bob Balaban. Oh yeah, he got a little, oh, yeah. he got a little bit graphic. Nobody, but none of the actors though got raunchy, which is lucky. Well, we've got time for some questions. So if you have any questions for Lisa, Dan, or Don, uh, raise your hand, and we will, uh, we will answer. Is it entirely limited to the um, two screens? Is there? Do you find that limiting in terms of you'd like to be able to do some backstory and shoot outside? Has that been a problem? I don't. I love the two screens, but I think that there is, you know, these stories could 
we could follow her life. You know, I'm very, if you watch this season, we learn a lot more about Fiona's domestic situation. And I, I we're starting to get curious about seeing more beyond, beyond those two screens. I like the two screen discipline because I think, you know, talk is action and I find it fun to watch people listening. And, but I think there's also a, a push towards a pull. We all kind of want to see something more than that, too. So we're talking about that. And we also talked a lot before we ever shot about what perspective the show, what perspective the camera was, whether you'd be able to go behind each of the clients and see what they see and their fingers on the keyboard. We finally landed on, you, the only person you would ever be able to see that with was Fiona, which bought us the ability to sort of see her desktop, see her send a photograph. So we do turn around a little bit with her, and I think third season... God willing, we will do it a little, even more. You know, it's like that show in Treatment on HBO. In the first season, the first couple of early episodes, it was just what was happening in the office. And then as the show went on, they started to follow him elsewhere. Uh, will you do a, a live broadcast as well? So somebody comes into you and says, um, I've got this problem, and you just give them a long speech about what they should do with themselves. We've talked about doing that, but I think um, I think there are legal issues, right? I mean, because I <laughs> giving hope, advice it to hard. someone. <laughs> what? I hope there are, because it sounds really hard. To do like a live stream a live of a stream real of person's... Of, yeah, who, who, if it's supposed to be a comedy, then you could do it in a, in a, yeah. in a throwaway fashion. I mean, if I said to you, I learned this, this song called Kumbaya in the 1970s, and I don't know what to do with it. It's still in my brain. What can I do? And then, you come and then Fiona would give you an answer. Like right now, if I felt like going into character and giving you an answer and playing that game with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I think that would be fun and funny. But I, and I think it was discussed a little bit and not explored too much because, you know, other business types were a little concerned about um, the repercussions of giving advice to regular folk. But also, internet. how hard like, would it be to be able to be, you know, witty and funny and in character with the world watching? I, think I can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Don. No, you're right. I could never do anything like that. That would take talent. If you did, uh, a disclaimer first. Like, we're not taking serious therapy questions, but bring on your questions. And then you do a bring on your funny answer. Yeah, I want to do it. I think it would be fun. Also, like, Jay Leno used to go out into the street and he would do his thing and, of course, have to do his thing with Bird out and that type of thing. Ask questions and then televise that. Almost like that because you are incredibly great at just off the top. Having that kind of comedy would be hysterical. That well, that's what's amazing, watching the, these actors. You, are you really... We, we see what the outline is and it's very spare. And then to watch the actual listening and to imagine, I don't know how fast these brains are working, to be able to be in character, say something funny, be on point, listen to your partner, maybe your partner is off track and then you try to guide them back on. It's really a lot, I think it's exhausting. It must be exhausting for them. I know that I'm tired at the end of the day and I've just sat there and laughed the whole time. So are you exhausted by the end of the day? I guess a little, but it's fun, it's really fun. I'm exhausted at the end of every day, so uh, how would I differentiate?
but she got, um, she was, um, uh, nastier than I thought. I mean, I think even nastier than we were playing with. And also more of a chameleon, you know, just phonier. Just so much more phony and solicitous of thing people and if they had something she needed and that was that was interesting to see. R really early on we realized that it wouldn't just be enough to have like funny cases come to us. That Fiona really had to always win every episode and have a driving ambition in every single episode. There's something that a client tells her that activates her. So it's, it's really important for, for the whole shape of the episode for us to sit down and say, what does she want from this person and what can she get? And when, when, when is the moment that we see her realize that there's something this person wants and then how do we get there? So it's really, we have to spend a lot of time with Fiona's character, even more so than with the guest stars when they come in. We have to figure out what she wants. And in a lot of cases, in fact, most of the cases, that she will have had some relationship with that person in the past. But like even in season two, when Courtney Cox came in, we were thinking of a way that a character that seemingly just happened to find Fiona Wallace, we found a way to pique her interest in a way that made it extremely compelling for Fiona to, <laughs> to, be, uh, to have her as a client. Um, whereas other people have some kind of connection to Fiona in another way. Yeah, and Fiona really, if you think about her, if you watch the whole series, I don't think there's one thing, one virtue that she possesses, does she? Is there, <laughs> is there anything that's good about her at all? Um, she, you know where you stand with her. She's very honest, straightforward. Very honest. So, sometimes. Really? Articulate. Straightforward? Well, yeah, I guess. I love how bad she is. I, I we keep pushing. In our writing sessions, we, we want her to be as bad as possible because in network television, characters always have to be likable and redeemable. And this was so wonderful that we could put somebody so base and uh, <laughs> in front of people. And, and I think it's great to do that. But I mean, I love you personally. I'm just but saying. I, no, I know. <laughs> I have a question. So we're spreading paranoia. <laughs> That's great. And shame. Oh, thanks. Um, I was wondering if you're also well received by therapists themselves as well as patients. Is that For those in back, uh, the question is whether our, our group here is welcomed with open arms by the therapy community. Well, my mom's a shrink, and um, she wants to become a client of Fiona Wallace, which <laughs> I think it's kind of scary. But no, we, I think they find it really, really amusing. I think it's very liberating. I think it's partially what you were talking about. There's something very satisfying about getting to see someone else just say what they really want, say how they really feel, and get to the point. And in her case, it's usually some way that's going to promote her. But, but um, I think it would make therapists feel better because they know that they're not, they're at least as not, they're not <laughs> as bad as her. 
So uh, yeah. <laughs> they're at least better than that person. Fiona's the one that you don't want to go to the mall with and ask her if you look fat in those pants. Because if you do, she's going to tell you. Which, you know, well, that is a quality. Which yeah. is wonderful. It's a wonderful quality. You know, she's a hero. She is. <laughs> <laughs> when you boil it down. You both, uh, you all are veterans of uh, large and small screen. Can you tell us each what surprised you about shooting something for the web? Is it a completely different animal? Did you have to learn uh, many things anew? You know, it's more like what you think show business would be like. You get everybody together and you have these ideas. And, you know, we had very good craftspeople, uh, cameramen and, and uh, uh, grips, and we had the best people but most of the time was devoted to actually doing the play, playing. And none of our energy was devoted to how, uh, you know, what are our bosses gonna think? What is the network gonna think? What is standards and practices gonna think? Or the, or the studio? So it's really more like you imagine show business to be when you start out. And you f quickly find out it's not like that at all. There's also something very liberating about, you know, a, a lot of times in television and film, you're, the scene is driven by the needs of the camera move, or what you need to capture on film in order to tell a much larger story. The camera is exactly, it stays exactly still. And you are aware while you're improvising that you are driving this, that w what is happening isn't gonna, you know, as much as you'd like to blow your head off and have that be the explosion in the scene, you have to, re it's being driven literally by your own creativity and it's, it's terrifying and extremely exciting. And I think that was a surprise to us. Lisa, is that something that uh, terrifies you about so much of it being on your shoulders? Or are you comfortable in the improv area? No, I'm comfortable. You know what I'm comfortable with? The editor that we have, and Don, and the people who are overseeing putting it together after we've shot. I mean, I'm already, I'm confident in the actors and in me, and Don is there, or if Dan's directing it, you know, and they're letting us know what needs to come out so we can put this together later. And, and um, no, that's not, to me, that's not scary at all. And, no, you know, nothing about it is scary. That's what's so great about it because, you know, networks have this, you know, this like financial imperative to appeal to the entire country and the world <laughs> thereafter. And, um, and try to make sure everybody finds something that they're happy about. And it's, it's just like a, it's exactly backward to the creative process, which is here's an idea. And, and, you know, your goal whenever you're performing or doing something is that you can communicate it effectively to the audience. And so that, you know, like, we're not worried that people between New York and L.A. aren't going to get it. We know they'll get it. So, you know. Had you done improv? Have I done improv? Yes, yeah. I was at the Groundlings, and, um, and this, there was a group down here called the Transformers, which was sort of, you know, the highest heights of improv. <laughs> and I was the only girl in that group. So, yeah, I've done improv. Do you have more questions? Uh, the question is, can this be watched in Europe? Yeah. It's on the internet, isn't it? World right? Wide Web. Isn't it? I think. <gasps> really? Really? 
because um, someone who might know better, Diane Charles, is here. Is it is it available in in um, Europe? It's being worked on right now. Right, really? They, you mean you mean in other countries they can't watch Hulu or iTunes? They can't download it from iTunes? Geoblocked. There'll be a web episode about this. But iTunes, you do get? Yeah, but what's available on it? It's been geoblocked. <laughs> That's not fair. Where are we? It's not funny. Okay. Coming soon to a country near you. We were so we were so offhand. Yeah, it's the world. Yeah, it's the world wide, wide web. web. Hello. That's a dumb question. Cocky. It's the interweb. It's global. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> we won't have any European clients. Maybe that's good. <laughs> The question is whether our panel believes this is the future of TV. It, do, it does feel a lot like that. I mean, not completely, obviously it's this transition, but the music industry had a huge change in the last two, last decade. And uh, it does feel like we're at the beginning of something that might be a trend and might be a necessity in a way, for, and certainly for creative people to want to have a place to express themselves and be able to work in. We were lucky enough to be able to have uh, well, Lexus. And also, we just spoke with some people who know more than we do, but they were saying what feels like is going to be happening is it's all blurring. You know, film, TV, internet, and it's all going to be available on your TV or on your computer monitor, and, you know, it's just all blurring. And that's a good thing. Because yeah. generations that are coming around that I'm doing It is very exciting. When we would get scared about it, we would tell ourselves, well, we're just like Lucille Ball in 1949 or whatever. But um, it's, it's, it's exciting. We haven't quite figured out where the money is, how you, how you pay the artists. You know, we don't pay the actors very much, and you know, we don't pay our crew as much as we'd like to. We, try, we did everything on the guild contracts. We're like one of the first web uh, series that did a... A well, guild, a WGA contract. And every contract, contract, all contracts. We, you know, the DGA, the Writers Guild, actors, the editors on the contract. All, all the workers were IATSE. We, we did a full union production. Guilt, guilt meaning like guilty for like taking money. Or guild. Yeah, the guilds. Guild. Oh. Oh, oh you guilt. No, we gelt. didn't say guilt. <laughs> so we have to find sponsorship. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like the early days of television, where you actually go and you you meet a sponsor like Lexus. Is, is paying for the show, or the first two seasons. 
And just like they used to do, you know, Philip Morris would, uh, Chevrolet would do the dinosaur show. So I know how yeah, that, that's, how. that's the way you're going to have to do it because then that's weird. Yeah, but, but luckily we're not forced to shoot the show from inside a Lexus, which I think would have been prohibitive. <laughs> yeah, that might be some copyright problems. We have a question over here. The question is, what cameras are used to shoot, and what is the post like? I have like? no idea. That's, I'm not that kind of director. Is it I, digital? Yes, yeah, it's shooting. digital. But I have no idea. HD. We were, we were contemplating using this thing called the RED, and we didn't. It was like, we didn't. Ultimately, we used some, almost as, almost as uh, high quality, um, and we purposely shot with very, very, very high def um, cameras so that if we ever transfer to broadcast or to larger screens, it doesn't all f uh, f fuzz out. But and it was uh, it was black and gray. I remember the camera. There were black. There was a red light on it. That, yes. There was a red light. And little pieces of tape. We cut it on Final Cut, um, but that's all I know technically. And what about post? What does that mean? Your post production, the editing, the get the. What is the, because your, your work really begins well, my once Lisa's off the uh, right. mic, right? You know, it was all very homegrown. My piano teacher happened to be a composer, so he did our theme for us. Um, we edited them. It takes a while to edit them because you have maybe for a three-minute episode, you might have 30 minutes of material. And sometimes in take one, they go down one rabbit hole, and in take two, and they're very, very funny, and then it gets lost. And then in take two, we never quite get the opening right. So you're trying to blend everything together, but because they're looking at each other's eyes, you, it's very hard to make a cut. You have to be very, very precise about where to, to cut back and forth because there's nothing to distract you but their faces. Plus, when we made that decision not to go into any other perspective of the client's lives, it was kind of a, a tough decision because that means that anybody but Lisa, there's no cutting point. There's no way to get them, their hands or... Yeah, we have nothing, no material. So they have to be, their head has to be in the right position when they finish a line. To, uh, it's really complicated to, to edit this. They have a very high standard. It might impact season three. <laughs> we might yeah. start shooting more angles. God, you just had a cutaway of her fingers on an eraser or a pencil or, I don't know, flipping through something would make life a lot easier for us. Maybe it's Starbucks. Exactly. Sure. Starbucks or Mac could kick in some money <laughs> since we're advertising them so much on the show. But uh, it's very, it takes a long time to edit. Much longer than I think we thought it would. No, but we got an editor named David Codron, who's a fantastic film editor that Don works with a lot. So he's, we're very lucky. I don't know that, you know, it's hard to get the quality people that we got. I mean, we have Don Roos directing our web series. And when does that happen, you know? And Dan and Don writing with me, the outlines these incredible actors, and the crew. I mean, they're all, everyone was sort of like top of the line, so. Yeah, well, it sounds great, and a lot of times, they do good performances, they have good actors, and the sound and the video just aren't there. They're losing it, you've got a great crew. We did, our, our, our producer is actually a director herself, Jody Binstock, and she, from the independent world, knew all sorts of people who were willing to do great work for very little, so. Uh, we were lucky, but thank you for noticing. You know, you have given, despite the constraints, you have done some creative things. In fact, uh, I believe you put one of your patients on a plane. 
Can you talk a little bit about, because uh, uh, I understand that that was, uh, that was some sleight of hand for the screen. Um, it's in, oh, in season two, Alan, uh, Alan Cumming is actually doing his sessions. He plays sort of a Richard Branson kind of character, and he, he is doing his sessions from uh, aboard his private jet, um, which we converted a garage into. And really, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal set. It looks exactly like a private plane, except we had to sort of get rid of the sound of a bird. And if you could imagine a, a jet flying 500 miles an hour and a bird on the wing, who you can hear perfectly, it didn't work. But it was... Uh, and the lawn blower. And the, the lawn blower outside the airplane, because that happens. Yeah, that was tricky. But we have a great production designer, uh, Lauren great. Fleming, and she transforms our offices, and it's always sad when the sets go down because they're so much prettier than our, than our rooms are, actually. One of the wonderful things about this is that despite the star power here, there's, it's, there seems to be very much an element of guerrilla filmmaking to it. Have you had some episodes that, because you do so much improv, just went in a completely different direction than you ever initially anticipated? I'm trying to think. Sometimes in the middle of them they do. Ultimately, because the director is always wearing a, a microphone and is talking to the actor to sort of, even if the ship is starting to go this way, he will ultimately steer it back. We haven't really gone completely off, but I do think that we found a lot of humor in places that we never imagined we would find them. You know, these stories and the things that we find in the, mo in the moment. But th no, the problems were, I mean, there were also problems with laughing. <laughs> and <laughs> laughing immediately when someone says something funny and there's nothing for the editor to sort of cut to so that you can even use that hilarious line and then you try to recreate it and it sounds like a not as good imitation of the initial hilarity so well can you give us a uh, before we go tonight can you give us a hint about what's coming up in the uh, upcoming season well the upcoming season is all about Fiona's personal life her marriage gets explored. As you can see in the, the little thing you saw, we're starting to learn a little bit about her husband, Kip. We only knew a, very little about him in, in season one, but it's all starting to unfold this season. So over the course of 15 episodes, um, that marriage is explored. He, he, well, I can't really tell you very much about it, but there's a lot of surprises, and he finally appears in the last uh, three episodes or two episodes. The last, the last, the last episode. episode. Oh, that's right, yeah. And it launches what hopefully will be the third season. And for those who don't know, it has been approved for the second season. And beginning Monday, you'll be able to download season one and two uh, with extras. So that will be available on iTunes beginning on Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, let's thank our panel for being here tonight. Lisa Kudrow, Dan Bukatinsky, and Don Rich. Thank you for coming.